0: Here in Ephesians 4.17, it says this, after talking about getting the truth to these people, preaching the truth to them, them learning truth from different ministry gifts, how God has invested in man to invest in believers, those who have received Christ, so they can grow up and they can act in a certain way and do God's work here on the earth successfully. And so here in the 17th verse, it says this, This I say... Therefore, in other words, he's connecting this to what he just said. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Now, we're going to pick up here and jump through a few of these verses, but here he commands. He said, I testify this in the Lord. In other words, this isn't my own idea. This is something that the Lord is moving on me to tell you. And so I'm testifying of that, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. What are Gentiles? They're non-believers. They're non-Jewish people. I'm sorry, let me say that again. A Gentile is a non-Jew, but really they're... There's three groups of people mentioned in the Bible, and they're this. And you can find the reference to the Scripture in 1 Corinthians, but it talks about don't give offense to Jews, Gentiles, or the church of God. In other words, save people, and then there can be lost Jews and lost Gentiles. Out of those two groups of people, people can get saved, give their life to the Lord, and be part of the church of God. And so here he said that we're not to live the rest of our life or live like the Gentiles live. And so what has happened if you've been a Christian long, then you already probably have some ideas what it means to not live like the rest of the world that's not saved. And it could be a good starting point. It could be a good full picture It could be part, because sometimes people think, well, I go to church, I'm saved, you know me, I don't cuss, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I'm good. Or, you know, I don't have sex outside of marriage. Those things are good, but they're for sure not even close to being the whole picture. Not even close to being the whole picture. But what some people do is they go, I live right. I don't live wrong in the sense of, I'm not mean to people. I don't do that thing. Therefore, I'm in business. I don't walk like the rest of the Gentiles walk. Well, we do know that the rest of the world probably does do some of that stuff. And more. But if you notice, he said, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk. And when he's talking about walk, he's talking about your absolute whole lifestyle. Walk is the rest of the Gentiles walk. And then he makes this phrase in the futility or literally emptiness of their minds. In other words, they don't know the truth they maybe haven't heard the truth, and so they act a certain way. And it's interesting to me that back in the 60s, you know, and in the early 70s it took took off. We're watching other things happen today, but you know, get the Ten Commandments out of prayer or out of school. You know, don't have those up. You don't want that up there, you know. How bad could it have hurt somebody to say, don't lie? Don't steal. Don't have any other gods before me. The removal of that has allowed now people to lie and it's okay. And to covet other things, to have other gods. So now we teach in our whole of society, it's okay whatever god you've got. Just don't want to offend anybody. Some people need to be offended. They do. And the reason why people get offended a lot of times is they're holding to something that they shouldn't be holding on to. That could be one reason why people get offended. Somewhere something is said that hits real close to home. You with me? And they're offended. And... Uh, So we know that the world lives a certain way. We've removed certain rules, you know, in society. But he's not talking about society's rules here. He's talking about a believer not living like them. We had so much of the gospel in the United States, it permeated all kinds of things. But as it left the hearts of believers, you know, truths, it left society too. When man got more selfish, they stopped reaching out to other people. In other words, I'm sorry, when they got more selfish and they just stopped reaching out. In other words, when humanity or saved people stopped uh, walking in love, what happened? They thought more about themselves. What was important for me instead of telling what's best for others? That doesn't mean being rude, but sharing the gospel is definitely an expression of somebody walking in love. You with me? But he said, we don't want you to walk like the rest of the Gentiles walk. And so, is cussing wrong? Sure it is. Is that the whole thing? Or is there a big, big chunk here that we need to look at that really covers it all for the believer to not live like the rest of the world? What does the rest of the world live like? They live devoid of divine peace. They live divided and separate from God. They're not led by God. His spirit doesn't live in them and doesn't witness to them. They don't have the love of God inside of them because they've not been born again. So they're prone to selfishness. They're prone to envy. They're prone to all these things. They haven't been made brand new on the inside, so they have total broken fellowship. In the fall of man in the garden that spread through all of humanity, one thing that the rest of the world or the Gentiles, they walk, they live in a world and they live absent of living in authority or divine authority, having the ability to To use the name of Jesus and to rule and reign over circumstances and demons and darkness. And they just flow with them. Because there are demons. There are things. But to live not like the world means I'm going to rise up against some of this stuff that's pushing me to go this way. And to to enter into different things. And I'm going to, like the Bible said in James 4, submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you in the 7th verse. And so if I'm going to do that, that's going to be different than the rest of the Gentiles. You ever had somebody you know that was tempted and they just under their breath resisted and said, No, I'm not going down that path. Saved people should do that. The lost world will not do that. For the most part. That's why it is progressively getting worse. And so when he's talking about not walking like the rest of the world. The rest of the world may have religious prayer. But Jesus said don't pray like the hypocrites pray. And like the heathen pray. So in other words there is a way to be religious in the lost world and have a prayer life. You can see that in the Bible, but there is a way in God to have a prayer life, and it's not like the rest of the world. Isn't it true? We know people pray because you just turn on the TV and all this stuff on the news, you know, when they go to the Middle East, these people are praying and different people are doing stuff, but we're not to have a prayer life like them. Jesus said they think they're going to hear through their much speaking. And do you know a lot of the church has that total mentality? And they're actually walking more like the world than they think? Because you get on Facebook and somebody hits a problem and they'll say, everybody pray, everybody pray, everybody pray for me. And Jesus said, don't think you'll be heard because your abundance is and the multitude of your prayers. Because we're not heard because of the abundance of words we speak, but because we ask in faith, believing. He said, then you will receive. But that's not how the world prays. And he told us, don't live like the rest of the Gentiles live. In the emptiness of their mind, they may have a form of godliness. They may have a shape or a look To their religious ways about them. But because they're devoid of the truth. They act certain ways. You with me? And we're commanded to not live like them. We're actually commanded to live according. Now listen to this. The part of you that's made brand new in Christ. When a person gives their life to the Lord, they become part of the family of God. Being a part of the family of God is the most important thing. But it's not the only thing. Because you think about it, so many people have placed an emphasis on the work of Jesus and what he did on the cross, and rightfully so. And what has happened is people have said, now I'm saved, but they have forgot that the Bible said he ever lives now. And he is the surety of the better covenant, this new life. And he ever lives to pray for you. So Jesus is important at salvation. But he's important for your whole life. He's just as important today for you as the day when you gave your life to him. And you were made new then, but you need him. And we'll look at a verse right here. You need him to deal with you in your daily walk. So you can be changed to not live like the rest of the world lives. You, and, but the rest of the world lives devoid of this new life and devoid of Jesus. But here's what we need to understand. When you're made new, your spirit, when you get saved, is made new. Not your head. That's where people get into conflict. Because they think, I don't want to do wrong, but why do I think like this and why do I have this? Well, you've got to do something as important as salvation, so to speak. In other words, the continuing work of the Lord, because you got saved and were made new, now you need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your spirit's made new, and you became, like the Bible said, a new creation in Christ. But your mind is the same old mind it was. When you gave your life to the Lord. And so notice, notice what they said. It says at the end of that verse in 17, they walk in the futility or the emptiness of their mind. Notice having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. Because of the ignorance. Notice this knowledge and this thinking. Because of the ignorance that is in them, because the blindness of their hearts. Who being past feeling have given themselves over. They surrendered their selves to something wrong because they have no knowledge of what is right or little knowledge. Who being past feelings, because isn't it true people say, who are you to tell me what to do, how to live my life? Well, I'm not just saying, like Paul said, I testify in the Lord. And he said, who being past feelings have surrendered or given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness, and that is sexual deviance there. Like the world today, that has asked for the absence of the gospel, has asked that truth be removed from them, has said, do not do that stuff, do not talk about the Lord. And then they, because of that, they don't realize... They've given themselves over to things. We have enough intelligence in the United States. And other countries don't do this, but you can get on some mountain roads in other countries that are just treacherous. And there's no guardrails. And people can squeeze, and you know, in a lane and a half, and people go over and die, and they go, oh, well, because they don't think about life. But there are guardrails that need to be in place, and that's called the truth of God. You with me? And so these people uh, got rid of these rails in their life, and then they gave themselves over to sexual deviance. And notice the next part. It says, with all uncleanness, with greediness. They're slobbering over it. I got to have that. I got to do this. We need to do this. This This is our right. They're greedy for it. But notice verse 20, but you. He's talking to the person who's given their life to Christ that's been made new inside. You have not, you have not so learned Christ. Notice the next verse, if indeed you have heard him. We need to hear from the Lord today. We need Him to deal with our hearts. Maybe not in an audible voice every day or something, but we need Him to deal with us inside. Because here's the thing. If you're living in a world that, that the world has cast aside the knowledge, now they're surrendering themselves to other things, and they're just heading down this path, then where do we get the knowledge? He said, you're taught of the Lord Himself. He will speak to you. He will deal with you. And so, should it be strange for somebody to say, the Lord dealt with me? I know there are kooky people out there that are Christians, you know, that are cuckoo for cocoa puffs. And they, you know, all kinds of weird stuff's happening. But listen, there is real stuff. And God really does deal with people. That does not negate the truth because somebody... Is out of bounds. You with me? And here he said, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, that's a good way to to be in church. Is to hear him and be taught by him. The best sermons are not just altogether what comes out of the mouth of a person that's catchy and flashy, but it's the truth that the Lord then takes and deals with you about. Not up in your head, but you just know stuff. Have you ever been in church and you just start knowing stuff? And you're like, man, i gotta go do, I got to do this thing. And, and he's not even talking about this. I remember being in a service one time, and uh, the preacher is preaching, and then after the service he said, We're going to have people come down front, and if you want prayer for the subject I prayed for, man, I got up out of my seat and went down front, and it wasn't about the subject, you know, because he said, I know the Lord's speaking about this thing and this subject, so you come down here, and I was like, I got to go down there. I got to go down there. I mean, it wasn't anything for what he was preaching, (laughs) but the Lord was dealing with me in my seat, so I ran down front. And he prayed for people when he got to me. He goes, man, God's moving on you. And he was. And God just did some stuff in me. But I was like, you're talking to me about this. I know you're dealing with me. It wasn't an audible voice. He didn't say, David, this is is God speaking to you right now. Um, I just want you to go ahead and clear your calendar next week because we're going to want you to do a couple of things. I just knew I need to get this thing out of my life. And when he said, come down for prayer, I was like, yeah, I I need that. I need to get this taken care of. And it was not about what he was preaching on. But here's the thing. The best sermons you're going to ever hear are the ones that God deals with you about out of the truth that's in the word. Because he takes the word and unveils it to us. And so it says here, if indeed you have heard him... You ever heard him? Don't try and interpret how you're supposed to hear him. If you're saved, the Bible said, if you do not get correction from the Lord, you're not his. But whom the Lord loves, he corrects. He deals with. So don't try to listen for an audible voice, but listen to his dealings. Because he does deal with us deep down inside. We're not ignorant of it as believers. The problem is sometimes our minds can be so renewed or trained in the ways of the world that it's just foreign. And he's dealing with us, and we're like, what? No. Oh, no. And then we go, everybody else is doing it like this. Well, we know that from this verse. The rest of the world is going to do it like that. But we're not. Some of the ways he'll call us to may seem strange only because it's not mainstream. I mean, when I was in Bible school in the Midwest, you go to a restaurant. I lived in Southern California. I went to the Midwest, to Oklahoma, went to Bible school. I remember going into a restaurant like for the first time. And sitting there going, whoa, they're praying. They're praying over their food. 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 It was like, you know, like here you may go and you see one or two people. There it was like one or two people are not. It's probably why they call it part of the Bible Belt. And I was like, wow, it's so different. Just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means the rest of the world doesn't live like that. And so here he said, notice in verse 22, if indeed you have heard from him, man, we do hear from him. We do. People who are saved hear from heaven. He deals with them. And if you want to hear more, pray. And if you want to hear more, obey. Some people stop hearing from God and their relationship gets cold and soggy like a sandwich that fell in the bottom of a boat because they don't obey. They refuse and they rebel. And they say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I know better. The other day we were, we were hiking and... Um, I've been working on this trail where I hike for a while, and I finally made it up to this certain point, and, I, and somebody else has been helping me. And so we've been hiking and going and hiking and going, and we decide we're going to do this big loop, come down. And we get like three-quarters of the way across this ridge line, and we start to drop down. And I'm like, this is a pretty good drop. I don't know where to go. And I went, there's a little bit here, So I started, because you could see some little bits of dirt that it looked like they'd been packed a little bit, and so I went down, and we could see deer tracks or ram tracks. So I thought, well, they can make it up. (laughs) Hey, you can make it down just about anything, right? You just, uh, and you're down. But we want to go down successfully, and so we had to take steps. And if you looked at the big picture, you wouldn't know how to get there. But we knew, take this part. We get to the bottom. I was like, oh, we can go around this rock. But I didn't know how to go further until I took those first steps. Then I went around, found another way, and went up. I thought, we're making it. I thought, this would not be good if we made it like halfway and had to turn around and head back. And, but we made it another step, and we made it another step, and we made and some of them were work. I mean, they're like this, not crawling like a baby on the ground. I mean up. And here's the thing, though. When, when the Lord appeared to Paul on the Damascus Road, a bright light, he had an experience with God. There are people who have experiences with God. They don't act like they ever had an experience with God. But there are people who really have had some profound things happen to them from God. But it may not look like it currently or at different times because maybe they haven't done like they were supposed to. Like Paul, the Lord appeared to him and then he said, Now, you know, he said, Who are you, Lord? What do you want me to do? And he said, Go into this, street, this town And he said, there's a certain place there, go there. And there, he said, when you go, I will tell you what you must do. Well, you're appearing to me right now. Why do you need to tell me what to, why don't you just tell me right now? We're just standing here. just standing here. What if Paul would have said, I'm not going there? I'm not doing that. Anytime you stop, you can cut off stuff. Anytime you want to start hearing, go there. So he went there and he started praying, and three days later, uh, the Lord appeared to another man and said, go to this place, you'll find my servant Paul praying. He has already seen you coming in, laying his hands on him, and that he'll receive his sight because he had been struck blind from the glory of God. But you think about it, if Paul would have just said, you know, I just, I don't know about this this doesn't make sense to me. But he went, and the Lord had already started speaking to him. And what's wild is he saw what would happen before it ever happened, because God's that way. God believed even in Ananias that he'd go to him, and he went there, prayed for him, and he even said this. He said, I've told Paul, I've been talking to him there. But if he would have stayed and not gone on, he wouldn't have got more direction. He said, he told Ananias, he said, I've been speaking to him, and I've told him what he needs to do for me and all the things he's going to suffer for my name's sake. You know, all those prison attempts, times, times where he'd be in the sea or, or beaten with rods or whipped. The Lord had showed him that before he ever got to it in his life. He said, now I've showed him what he's going to suffer for my name's sake. He said, no, no, you go there and pray for him, he said, for he's a chosen vessel of mine. He got more direction because he took the step that was in front of him. The step he knew to take. Light comes as you walk in the light you have. You with me? It's not that the God won't deal with you, but you limit yourself. Or you can open it up and you can have a relationship with God that will blow you away. And it will be inward. And you know how people say your relationship is personal? Some people use that so you don't talk to them. But this is real personal. You with me? Notice this. Verse 22. So we've been talking about hearing from the Lord. And then he said how they walked according to the emptiness in their mind. In other words, that is not the way we're to learn or to live. We're to renew our minds with the truth. Notice this. Verse 22. That you put off. Remember the other people? They put on. They put on lewdness. They cast away restraint. And they started living according to a certain way. Right? But notice this. He said, now those people gave themselves over to lewdness. Now he's saying you have something to do with controlling yourself. He said that you put off concerning the former conduct. The old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts or desires. Notice the next part, verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness or true good standing, free from sin and in holiness. Every believer was created new. When a person receives Christ, they become brand new. And they're actually spiritually recreated, truly holy and in good standing with God. But if you notice, he said, now you got to get this new life that's in you on the outside. Otherwise, you might find yourself living like the rest of the Gentiles live, even though you got a brand new nature. And that new nature is a conquering nature to live victorious in the Lord, to live triumphant over the Forces of darkness. That's what we'll see as we move along. As a matter of fact, if you go on just even in the 27th verse, he said, Nor give place to the devil. So he said, You have a right to close the door and stop certain things from happening in your life as a believer. The rest of the Gentiles don't. That's why you see. As the salt leaves the believers, or there's less believers, or one's stepping out, then you see their level will keep decaying. Why? Because there's nothing preserving them. See, we may not win everybody to the Lord, but he did say we can be the salt of the earth, which is a preserving factor that keeps them from living really bad. When everybody, or, or I shouldn't say everybody, a chunk of people are cussing, it gives other people, like on the job, the feeling like this is all right. But if a chunk of them are not, then the other ones are going to go, whoa, wait a minute. It's that salt effect. And I use cussing as an illustration. I I mean just being honest or things like that. But if the majority of people are no longer honest, then it just will allow other people to go, being dishonest is okay. But if you see more people being honest, it becomes a salt, a preserving factor, and people are like, oh, I shouldn't be dishonest. That's not appropriate. So, that being said, this new life we have, is important, but it's important for us to see. As you get your mind renewed to realizing you're in good standing with God, you're not like the rest of the world after you've given your life to the Lord. You actually can successfully pray and get results you can actually successfully resist the devil and he'll flee from you. When you're tempted, you don't have to cave in. You don't have to live like the rest of the people. You can actually pray and God looks at you favorably because he put you back in good standing when you received Christ. Notice this in Galatians, the sixth chapter. I believe we'll close with this verse. Believing is a way of saying, I'm not sure, but let's give it a shot. (laughs) But it's important to see that you're different inwardly and to realize and begin to think like I'm not like the rest of the world. Some people are so bothered that they're not like other people. Oh, I feel bad. I'm just not like them. I need to be more like them. Why? If you're doing what's right, then who cares? I assume uh, in myself that I'd rather have people come over to live the way I do than me go over to the way they do. Unless it's a way in God, then I'll go over that way. But notice this in Galatians, the sixth chapter, very interesting. Paul talked about what made a change in his life from the day he went on after seeing the Lord, what changed his whole life. Whole way of existence. Notice this in Galatians 6.14. But God forbid that I should boast in the, uh, in, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul told us to boast in other things in God, and, but he is going to hit a point right here. He said... But God forbid that I should boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom or by Jesus in this cross, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Now, I'm going to read that. Well, let's read the next verse first. He said, for in Christ Jesus, neither... Circumcision, which is following the law, nor uncircumcision, which is not following the law, avails or prevails in anything but a new creation. The way to really live in Christ is to live according to this new recreated self. The part of you that the Bible said you get born again. Your spirit gets made new when you receive Christ. Notice, I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. It says uh, in verse 14, As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now he's going to explain why. Because of that cross, my interest in the world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. That's a big change, a change of interest, a change of desire. But understand this, that new creation is a spiritual change. There is no interest for the believer inwardly for the world and its ways. Because it's all dead, it's gone spiritually. That's why the most miserable people are people who have received the Lord who don't follow the rule of living after their new self in Christ. But they live after the way the Gentiles do because they've never taken the time to renew their mind and find out who they really are in Christ. And so they live frustrated because there's a conflict. They're going the way of their head and their feelings instead of the new life that's in them because they've never renewed their mind to realize it's okay to go this way. And to live according to this new way of life in Christ. And he said these interests have been crucified, but you got to renew your mind. Notice verse 16. Or verse 15. He said, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. In other words, being made new in Christ by rebirth. Now, you can be made new when you receive them, but you need to get your mind renewed to match the new life you've got inside. Verse 16, and, now I'm not maybe a genius, but I know and is connecting something. I learned that Saturday mornings watching cartoons that this would be a conjunction. Right, and so there is a function here, is my understanding according to the the teachers of Saturday morning. And as many as walk according to this rule, what rule? This new creation life. Not just those who have it, but those who walk according to it. Peace and mercy be upon them. And upon the Israel, or literally, Israel is just the promised people of God, you can say, and upon the promised people of God. We want to walk in this mercy and this peace, but you've got to walk according to the new creation. One of the great rules of the new creation, hear this, is your personal love walk with God and others. It's actually the new nature of the new creation. It's actually the believer taking on the very nature of God. I know that may brain freeze people. you mean take on the very nature of God? Yeah, when you get saved, you actually take on his very nature in your spirit, not in your mind. So you got to get your mind renewed to that new nature. And that new nature is a nature of love because we know that God is love, the Bible said. And the Bible said we know we've passed from death unto life because we love. And it says anybody who doesn't walk in love, they don't know God. They can be born of God, but they won't know him like they should. In other words, this is a channel by what will make you walk strong with God and actually make you start walking according to that new creation. Find out who you are in Jesus and begin to feed on that love and you'll grow with God, and you'll find you'll be able to live a certain way beyond the junk of this world.